0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode ninety-two of the Showbound Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, here as always with Ethan Cardwell. Cards, what's going on, man?
1: Uh, you know, not too much. Uh, another day, another dollar. Uh it's a it's
0: a beautiful snowy
1: day here in Barrie, Ontario. So uh no, it was a good day though. Um had practice and stuff like that. Got a nice long week here before uh we hit the road for a three and three up to Saginaw, my old stomping grounds. We'll get into that in a little bit, but
0: uh no, I'm uh i'm doing quite well how about yourself everything's good here it's snowy here as well in niagara um had a busy week we had a couple big wins for the badgers and for the falcons who i'm back with so the boy boys are just buzzing all around winning um i spoke with the mississauga Steelheads yesterday with uh, okay. the gavin boys so that was a fun time got to meet a couple of those guys couple finance whizzes on that team by the way so Oh so yeah, sneaky, sneaky smart players there. Um, yeah, but uh, that they 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 know showbound and listen and stuff. Maybe they listen to this one. So, shout out uh, Mississauga, I guess. Yeah, debatable shout out. I don't know about that. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but
1: uh, no, that's that's good to hear. I mean, I, I love when I uh, hear and like about guys in the league like listening to it and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I forgot to mention too, going to the Leafs game. Um, very soon here actually tonight versus uh the rangers so i'm excited
0: oh yeah and our our guest this week is a former toronto maple leaf we might as well name drop it now we got frankie corrado who he played for vancouver toronto and pittsburgh your favorite team in the nhl well after san jose um yeah. and uh that's a, a good guest we got dropping so looking forward to that one and now he's you know in the world of media with tsn so lots of insight with him um, But, yeah, I know, like, let's talk about Barry a little bit. You you scored no T winner, did you not, recently?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that, actually, because everything's kind of just been formed into one lately because we're playing so often and stuff. And as I mentioned before, it's nice to kind of have a long week where we can just kind of relax and practice a bit again and get our rest, get the bodies feeling right. But, yeah, no, <laughs> a Tuesday night at the Harry Lumley Bayshore Community Centre, um that's a mouthful but it's always a pleasure to play there against the Own sound attack so it was a uh yeah like I said Tuesday night and yeah I wasn't playing amazing before that wasn't like played, had a tough game in Mississauga on a Sunday the the game before that kind of wasn't feeling the puck all that well and then uh yeah it's funny how hockey works so I got uh we had a three on oh in overtime actually
2: <laughs> oh yeah
1: <laughs> Yeah, like Clarky just kind of head it to me and then me and Veers were in 2 on 0 and went back and forth and uh, I was lucky enough to be the recipient of the goal on that one and uh felt good to get the monkey off the back especially in overtime.
0: Yeah, always always good. Actually, I did I remember the video now. Um
1: I have yeah, so it that crazy. That was a
0: pretty nice passing play, man.
1: Yeah, actually, the funniest thing was so we had a 3 on 0 in overtime and then we had a uh, a 3 on 1 that we scored on us three players in the, uh, in the game as well. So.
0: Um, okay. So you guys are just yeah. odd man rush flying. actually it, on the OT goal. Like it looked like Vierzy could have scored that. Like when he got the puck, if he shot it, it's probably going in just the movement of the puck there. Do you think, do you yeah. Think?
1: Yeah. I mean like two on O's are tough for goalies. So I mean like one movement and I mean, unless he guesses it real well, then um yeah, it's probably going in, but uh no he's a nice guy he likes to dish it around, so i got the got the last touch on her,
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go um yeah we got uh i, I want a couple do a couple like u sports shout outs so first of all, team canada u sports university won the uni- world university games gold medal in hockey. I don't know if you saw any of that,
1: yeah, I did I saw that actually, and uh former teammate of mine Brady Gilmore
0: on that team as well and uh kyle bowlers kyle bowlers yeah so um it was a sick roster like if you look up and down they were all just good good junior players so yeah that's pretty sick for canada and uh another u-sports shout out we got luke philp three-year u-sports player for the university uh, university of alberta made his nhl debut last night for the chicago blackhawks so um another former youth sports player breaking into the show. So that's that's always sick to see. And maybe a potential future guest. So um we'll see about that one. And uh another thing I want to talk about guys. like if we move away from hockey for a sec, but The Bachelor is back. Have you did you watch the first the, episode? The,
1: no, I couldn't watch the first episode because um why? Why couldn't I have?
0: Where were you up to on a Monday night? I had,
1: I actually had something going on. Um, No, you know what? I was, I was visiting my girlfriend and I was driving back from my visit. So I I missed the first episode, but the boys here were talking about it. And we're like, Hey, like we haven't done like bachelor Mondays in a while. So I think we're going to get back in the rhythm of it. So then that leaves us only one option and it's to get the segment going on. Did you watch the first episode?
0: Yeah, I did watch the first one.
1: Okay, so why don't you let me catch up and then we'll get into full swing on it.
0: Yeah, I'll let you catch up and we'll bring the segment back and then, but I won't like spoil anything. But just Zach the Bachelor, like, because you didn't watch the last Bachelorette, right? No. So yeah, Zach was like this one of the stars of that one, and everyone kind of really started to learn his character and like him a lot. Like he made it deep into the show and and stuff. And as the Bachelor, he's just he's a he's the first like Bachelor since I've started watching it that I think is actually like a genuine person and he's not there for yeah, fame yeah. and stuff. Like he seems like a normal guy who actually um, is just like a normal person. And he's, I think he's, I think he's a year older than me.
1: Damn. Th- that's actually crazy to think. I always think about that too, when I'm like looking at NHL players and stuff like that. And now like in all sports too, that the one that like is mind blowing for me is like, I'll look at like a, an NFL roster or like a, a college football roster. And, and when you watch those things, you're like, "All oh, these are like men and stuff. And it's like, Oh, there's an O three three out there. That guy's younger than me. Like, it just doesn't even make sense. And like, here you are the next eligible, like you're eligible of age to be on the bachelor. <laughs> it's, like, it's crazy to think about.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a, what a comparable there. Um, that, that's funny though. But, uh, yeah, there's a couple other things too. Like I'm trying to think. I have been back in the gym, man. I'm I'm grinding.
1: Oh so, no, I um, feel bad for uh for all the people in there.
0: They're uh, they can't <laughs> attack the the smaller weights because you got them all hogged off. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So I, I'm I'm working out at a uh, Athlete Farm Niagara. Well, shout out Athlete Farm. We got a showbound promo code for them. Ten percent off.
1: Um, actually sorry i'm cutting you off yeah i'll let you do the code in a second but i've been seeing this on your store i thought it was a joke at first i thought like because this is like a full on training thing like you're training to go pro like are you not telling us that you're going to the fed soon or something <laughs>
0: <laughs> well so that's part of what i was going to say i mean quick quick yeah, 10 percent off showbound promo code uh we'll get into that in a sec but the people at this gym that i'm training with are like full on legit. There's Olympians in there. There's two of them that I've already trained with two Olympians in there. Um, There's like legit, like high end hockey players, like a lot of rugby players from, from Brock are in there. Um, There's like sick athletes and I come in and I'm not, I'm definitely not a sick athlete, but I don't look out of shape physically. Like if you look at me, so, so they assume like the trainers. Hey, why don't you, why don't you just
1: take off your shirt and do a couple flexes for everyone right now?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah maybe maybe we get some like a subscription content going and we get that that (laughs) you could be flexing on camera for some money maybe for some of our fans (laughs) (laughs) anyway anyway but point is like i'm I'm sitting there and so they don't know like i'm as weak as i am and i'm doing these workouts with these crazy athletes like doing the same thing as them and i'm dying like early and it's a lot of it's like circuit-based workouts um so it's more muscle endurance and and cardio which I, i don't even have like on top of all the weights that I can't do so I'm sitting there <laughs> just grinding away uh, and they're like come on like go harder like you can push I'm like I- I'm so out of shape like I can't that. and they're like they're but they're helping me get back in shape honestly more than just get back in shape I'm gonna be a freak like a couple more workouts I'm gonna be like 6'4 225
1: yeah like the workouts that I saw you doing like at first I was like oh this is like just Rask messing around like on his Instagram and then I, I'm like so I see it again and I'm like oh like this is like legit and like the training isn't like okay i'm gonna do a couple like curls and call it a day like you're doing like legit dynamic workouts like you're like you're training to get back so if any teams in the in the fed are listening to this uh, i don't
0: i don't i'm i'm hanging they're hung up i'm not coming back but but i'm gonna honestly like it, it it is a really sick gym and the trainers are awesome let me just give this a quick little read here Athlete Farm Niagara is a high-performance athletic training facility that equips athletes to unleash greatness through purpose-driven training. That's the thing, purpose-driven training. It's not just like curls for the girls. Um, Whether you're an elite hockey player or someone who wants to stay in shape, be strong, and feel good, Athlete Farm Niagara will have you covered. And like I was saying before, you can book your first trial session now for free, or you can use the promo code SHOWBOUND for 10% off all training packages. Visit dot com to book or find them on Instagram at Athlete Farm Niagara. Um, anyway, yeah. So I'm going to be a tank pretty soon, and uh shout out Athlete Farm Niagara. But it's uh, it's cool. Actually, our assistant coach at Brock is the owner of the gym. He's a former U Sports player as well, an ECHL player. Um, but he's just a beast in the gym, man. Like, yeah oh my god we, we we've had a couple guests uh on here i think you know how sometimes we ask like what would you do if you couldn't play hockey or whatever like we've had a few i think say like be a trainer right
1: yeah no like man i always think about that too because like my my trainer back home evan kernahan like at the fitness garage there it's in whitby and he he like started it up on his own and like built it like from nothing and now he has like a, such a strong client base and it's like it would be cool and like really rewarding to like be able to like know that you've played like an instrumental role in like somebody's career and stuff like that. And it's just like, I feel like it's such a chill job. Like you just kind of get to, you you get to work out, which is obviously your passion if you're doing it. And then on the side too, like you just get to like have conversation and like push people to get the best out of them.
0: Maybe post career cards. Maybe, Maybe we open up a gym. I'll run the business of it. You can you can work work with the athletes and stuff. I'll do like the finance and all that. And with your connections, we could get a get a real and thing going post career. That would
1: that'd actually be we
0: sick. Can make some real money, man. Open a few oh, locations. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: You you put you put a little uh, synthetic ice in the back for some shooting. Oh, yeah. Get a get a skating treadmill, and
0: you're well on your way. We can call it Showbound too, or something like that. Yeah, that's that's a good name for a a hockey gym. Yeah,
1: Showbound, the next generation, or something like that, because it'll be years removed for us.
0: (laughs) Oh man! Hey, once once you sign, let's get this signing bonus right into the first uh first investment (laughs) on the land. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's awesome! Hey, the Gavin guys are gonna love this if they're listening right now. (laughs)
1: Oh yeah just uh yeah tend to spend all all your money right away just to, oh, i'm
0: opening a gym <laughs> anyway uh any anything else we want to talk about here before we flip it over to Frankie Curado um i want to talk a little bit about
1: i want to get your thoughts on the Bruce Boudreaux um oh, situation yeah. in Vancouver um obviously like it's, it's a tough situation and you can kind of see like he was so noticeably like upset about it and fair like I would be too I'd be distraught I think like it's a very unseen situation in the sport and stuff like that so from management side of the thing like you work on that side of it so I don't have as well of a take maybe or or knowledge about that side of things so I want to know what you think about what went down
0: okay yeah so I'm gonna give a, a take that maybe most people might not uh have heard or agree with I think in in most coaching change situations mid-season, um, this is how it normally goes down. Like, they they knew they wanted to talk it, but they got to go through the negotiations, the interviews, the HR process, like, all, all that stuff. And they didn't want it to get out. Like, it got leaked. Now, in most cases, they're doing that stuff anyway. So then right when they have talk it or, like, whatever the coach, ready to be hired, they fire the guy and bring in the new coach immediately. But normally, it just doesn't get out. They were doing that as a normal coaching change would happen, just like when Bruce came in last year. Um, But unfortunately, it got leaked. And so I think Vancouver didn't want to just fire him just because it got leaked. Like, they still wanted to stick with their process that they were going to do. And unfortunately for Bruce, it got out, and then he kind of knew, like, yeah, this is is happening for real. But I, I don't think Vancouver was, like, trying to dick him around. They were just trying to go through their normal hiring process that they did a year before. And unfortunately it got leaked and it led to the big thing. Now I definitely feel bad for Bruce. Don't get me wrong. But from everyone's like ripping Vancouver. And at the end of the day, like the the media, especially in a big market like that are so um, like, there's so many insiders that are trying to get hands on it. So I don't think they should fire him just because they were going through the process that they were going to be going through already. Like, So, yeah,
1: here, here's another little way to look at it. So Bruce Moudreau is like a well-liked coach by the fans and everything like that. He's never really done anything to upset anyone. Put John Tortorella in
0: his shoes. Do people care? Probably not. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I think Tortorella is hated by the fan base, man. I mean, there's definitely some that like him because...
1: You know, I'm just like saying that.
0: like in general wherever he is like if
1: Tortorella was in Vancouver and that happened to him or if he was in Arizona say I don't know anywhere but like if that
0: situation went down do you think the same reaction or do you think it's no, because I think he's they the might well-liked? say he I think they might say he has it coming I think and yeah because Bruce is such a well-liked person they they feel bad he's just like a lovable guy but you know and Tort's like you're saying isn't I guess
1: well yeah and it's like and it also happens too in the in the for players like I mean, like, when a player gets put on the waiver wire, they're just, it's like, okay, see ya, like, nobody, like, it kind of just happens quickly, and everyone, like, the player knows it's happening, but, I don't know, I think it's just because he is such a well-liked guy, that everyone has, like, such a connection to him, and the Bruce, there it is thing, like, I was at a restaurant after my game, and, like, um, I was just watching the game and all of a sudden the Bruce, there it is chant breaks out in the restaurant that I'm at. I'm like, what's going on right now?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was really cool by the fans. Honestly, man, like that was a yeah. a cool thing to see. And, and just one comment on the waiver thing you're talking about. I don't know if you saw this, it was like a week or two ago, but you know, Dolps, obviously Zach Dolpe, like he was in the NHL for a while there and he got, to, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It, it was, I saw
1: this. <laughs>
0: so let me, let me just, I guess I'll, uh, I'll explain for the listeners who who wouldn't have seen it, but Zach Dalpe, who we've had on like a great interview, someone we are going to, Hey, we're going to have him back on. We got to have him back on soon.
1: We have to, especially now that like we were talking about him, like being set in the A and stuff. And he was like, no, like I want to make it. And like to see like how this year's unfolded for him. I bet you there's some stories.
0: Yeah. He's stuck in the, in the show for a while. And, and one thing I want to talk about, I'm getting sidetracked. I'll, I'll get back to where I was going with this, but um you know how – I don't know if you noticed this. In the interview, he referenced his dad so much, like, about calling his dad and all that.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and while he was up in Florida, they had the father's trip. And yeah. he, ma- he made that Instagram post. Like, I knew, I knew that was really Im- emotional for him and his dad, like, by, based on our interview with how much he, he talked about his dad. So that was right. cool. I, I have a lot of stuff to, to ask him about. But anyway, going back to where, where I was originally going, for the listeners who don't know. So when Dolphs was uh, waived and sent back down to Charlotte from Florida – he clears waivers and he posted instagram video of his son and and uh his son's just going another year another clear (laughs) every year he gets sent down and waved it it was just so funny like it's i don't know how old he's like six years old maybe um so it was just hilarious to see that but
1: dude um, i was laughing my ass off when i saw that that just it just also goes to show you how much of like a uh like a lighthearted guy he is himself just to be able to joke about that like cause some guys would be like really pissed off and stuff but uh yeah for him to be able to make jokes about it and stuff and he's one of my
0: favorite follows on instagram
1: he's always got some funny stuff going on there with his kids and stuff like that
0: yeah he's so funny man i i, I love Dolph. We'll, we'll definitely get him back on but uh yeah no good thing you actually brought up the Bruce situation i didn't want to talk about it we've kind of we is there any any other nhl sort of things we got to talk about Um. This kind of thing. This uh, was the big story of the week, no doubt. I mean, there's the obvious, like, McDavid's on a different level. And we got Bedard, who's also, like, doing McDavid things in the dub. So, there's all that. Don't um, look
1: now. Paul Perfetti's coming for the Calder. Yeah. Uh, he's starting to tear it up now, find his stride, like, really get stuck in. I mean, he got was out for a few games. But uh, to see him dialed in now, I've been talking to him. I've been saying, like, let's make a push for the Calder here. So... um but now he's he's playing really well so that's good to see
0: yeah he is i keep i always just go through the the scores of of games and see who's just getting points and stuff and i see he he's in there every night with an assist or a goal and like he's doing well so maybe we get Fets back on man
1: yeah we could i mean we got a ton of guys lined up right yeah, now yeah we're
0: we're yeah Perfect. we're we're working to get a bunch of good interviews lined up and um, yeah
1: i i think we should also address the fact that like the reason we're so out of sorts and stuff right now is we all have, so we're asking, we're working for two teams right now. I'm playing for the Colts and we like, we're in the final stretch of the season here. And normally the people that we're going to meet with are also in the final stretch of the season. So to be able to line up three schedules is real tough. So I know it's no one's fault, but our own, but uh, just bear with us. Um, And, And it
0: will get better. Yeah, and we're gonna we're working on banking some interviews now. Cards, I got eight games in ten days right now. I'm in the middle of it. Isn't that nuts?
1: Yeah, it's sickening really to think
0: about. Yeah, tonight is one of my only nights off. And um and anyway, like yeah, we're but we're gonna get it going. And we we know we can pull off the occasional episode without an interview, and you guys have enjoyed that. So we're gonna, you know, if if we need to put out some content and and with the schedules and stuff, like we'll we'll do what we can, but We appreciate everyone for bearing with us, definitely. And uh, we can just about send it over to Frankie Corrado. But before we do, we got a message from our friends at Manscaped. Newsflash, gentlemen. Valentine's Day is almost here. And by the grace of Cupid, our friends at Manscaped are coming with the best tools to get your boys downstairs ready for the special occasion. I'd like to propose making February 13th National Shave Your Balls Day. Who's with me? (laughs) Get lucky this V-Day and join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code SHOWBOUND for 20% off and free shipping. The holidays went by so quickly. Did you remember to take care of your package with the best tools for the job? The Platinum Package from Manscaped is the all-encompassing package that every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little more special. The headliner in this package is the Lawnmower 4.0. The trimmer's advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate parts. It even has a 4000K LED spotlight so you can shave anywhere your heart desires. Did I mention that it's waterproof too? This package also includes the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer to whack all the worst of your weeds. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts, their shed travel bag and anti-chafing boxer briefs to keep your boys stored comfortably. No platinum package is complete without the ultimate hygiene bundle to get you fresh from head to toe. This bundle includes Manscaped's premium body wash, 2-in-1 shampoo, body and ball deodorant, and much more. Infused with aloe vera and sea salt, Manscaped's body wash will have your skin feeling clean, fresh, and hydrated all date night long. And for when she runs her fingers through your hair, make sure your mane is hydrated and irresistible with their 2-in-1 shampoo. And don't forget, gents, no date night is complete without Manscaped Signature Cologne. This is guaranteed to put her in Cupid's chokehold. Your balls and lady will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Showbound at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code Showbound. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped this Valentine's Day. All right, we're pleased to be joined now by Frankie Corrado. Frankie, how's it going, man?
2: Good man, how you doing?
0: Good. So let me explain for for you and for the listeners. I'm going solo right now. I have a co-host. His name's Ethan Cardwell. Do you know him?
2: I don't know him, no. But I've I've heard his name as I've I've heard your name as well, playing in the Ontario Hockey League. So yeah,
0: yeah. So so Cardz on his way to the Leafs game right now, and we were trying to do like a phone phone in type of situation, but it isn't working out. And he's with some teams. So so this is my first solo interview. We're this is our 92nd episode, first time solo. Um, nice all right so and 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 you as a media guy uh i think maybe at the end of this interview you let me know how i did on my own and uh we'll see
2: yeah you'll do great man i can we'll
0: co-host it together (laughs) yeah there we go so i mean uh, i think i want to go back first of all i I don't know if you'll remember this i barely remember it myself but when i was like seven or eight years old i was playing a game at the sports village in vaughn and you came into our dressing room and gave a pregame speech for our team. Wow. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't remember the situation or, or anything. I just remember uh, you must have been on the Leafs or something. But at that point, I, I, I don't know. But it was really cool. And I remember that. And, and uh, when the Gavin guys texted me like, oh, you want Frankie Corrado? And I was like, no way. Like, I love this guy. He pumped me up for a game. <laughs> a <fuck> by like,
2: <laughs> That's awesome. You know what? So like every once in a while, people would reach out and be like, hey, if you don't have anything to do, can you come like talk to our minor hockey team? And um, like those kinds of requests, you always kind of have to say yes to because you remember like, you know, you remembered that moment. I remember what it was like being a young kid playing hockey. And, you know, I remember being seven years old and I was playing hockey house league hockey in Bolton and Cujo's kid was playing in Nobleton which is like the neighboring town and Cujo came to a game and it was like the biggest deal right to have Cujo at the Bolton arena everyone was swarming him and like I remember he signed autographs for all of us but like that kind of stuff sticks with you right so anytime kids are involved you you gotta say yes and um, you know hopefully you leave a, a good impression not a not a bad one so I'm happy you remember it for all the right reasons I don't even I couldn't even tell you what I said like I probably just said hey guys go work hard and have fun you know yeah
0: well, I, I don't remember much of it I just remember you you being in there I remember my my dad was like the assistant coach and he gave me the heads up before the game he didn't say he was coming but he's like we got a surprise for you like get like be excited and so it was pretty funny but I mean now so you're with your post post-playing career working in media with uh tsn can you just tell us like how that came to be
2: yeah you know what i i always thought when when i stopped playing hockey i would probably try and get into coaching or player development i I feel like when i played i kind of had an eye for that kind of stuff and looked at certain things through that lens um and so basically i was playing in the khl um had come home with like i just had this you know long laundry list of injuries over the last let's say five years of my career and playing in the KHL had another one that basically sent me home to try and rehab it with the 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 hopes and intentions of going back and playing as things dragged out it, it looked like it wasn't going to happen um and a friend of mine who works at TSN 1050 I'm sure you know who is who he is Al's brother um is what he goes by and he kind of he hosts leaps lunch and he just said hey you want to come on and do a hit talk about the leaps i said yeah no problem and i I guess it went pretty well and then the producer stephanie um asked if i had any interest in co-hosting a couple shows with al's brother because julia who's the normal co-host was going to cover the world junior so obviously i said yes we did a couple shows didn't think anything of it and then i got another Um, call from a producer on the TV side at TSN asking if I wanted to get involved with the CHL, uh, which was a new property they were doing. And so that's how it started. And then from there, it it snowballed into doing leaf games on radio, uh, doing the pregame shows, the intermissions, the post games, um, my buddy Carlo Koliakovo, who hosts the morning show, was awesome in, like, getting me more reps on the morning show with him. We would do a, you know, we still do it like a 15, 20-minute segment once or twice a week called d to d where we just kind of chat about hockey and stuff like that. And so as I kind of got more comfortable and more reps over the summer, it kind of turned into, hey, you know, we, we, could, we could use you on some broadcasts, on some sports center, um, overdrive, all these kinds of things. And like my, my, I guess my thought process was just say yes to everything you possibly can do. Um, and it kind of, you know, going back to when I played where I was not available a lot and very injured, it, it feels like now it's, I'm very available. And so I try and put myself out there as much as I can. And so, you know, with the way things have kind of heated up here, like, I you know, player development, coaching, that kind of stuff remains out of sight, out of mind. And now, you know, I I get to watch hockey through a critical eye and and talk about it and um, try and share my experiences that way. So it really started with, you know, a a minimal thing and snowballed into what it is now where I'm working, you know, 20 to 25 days a month. Okay. Wow. So look at you go. So, I mean,
0: we'll get into your playing career and stuff too, but I just have a lot of questions about this. So did you know by, like by the summer that you you weren't going to be playing again this year?
2: Yeah. You know what? So I trained all summer. Um, I did my rehab, did my training. I was skating. It kind of got to the point in September where I was, you know, when you're training and you're like, okay, now it's, it usually happens in around August. You're like, it's go time. Like I got to turn it up here because we got camp right around the corner. So you need that four or five weeks of more intense skating and training and I was doing it and I'm like, man, I'm not moving well. Like I'm, I'm slow. Like my, I'm sore afterwards. And I'm thinking like, how's this going to hold up for a whole season? And how am I going to skate six days a week with, you know, multiple games, morning skates and, you know, skating two times a day on game days, travel, you know, poor sleep, all that kind of stuff. And so I was thinking, it's probably not going to hold up. So that kind of led me to just, um, you know, following, following through with this and, and, you know, it was, it was a, a tough realization. Like my last game that I'll ever play professionally, I left that game halfway through the second period, you know? So it, it's not exactly like a storybook ending in the, in that way. And and so you, you kind of leave a little bit on the table in that regard, but, um, yeah, it was just one of those things where I, I realized, you know, probably in September, in the fall, I'm like, I I don't think this is going to happen
0: yeah well I I mean good for you some
2: people can't figure it out right away and you you look you already and look yeah the the thing is the thing is yeah but the thing is like I probably pushed it through a couple too many injuries where I was holding on to it already you know so I think I finally got to the point where I'm like I just I you travel halfway around the world to go play in Europe and you know you want to stay there for the whole whatever it is eight month season and to just go and have to come back it's it you put your whole life on pause that way so yeah it definitely it, it hit it hit hard but that's kind of the way it goes yeah so
0: i want to quickly go touch on your OHL career mostly with uh the Sudbury Wolves what i wanted to bring up was when i was like doing a little research on you i couldn't believe this but you played with two of my buddies Brody Silk and Jeff Corbett and i was shocked yeah. that you you lined up with those guys i love those guys i was with them at Brock University and uh like what what, i just want to know what was like silky like in junior
2: funny like really funny guy like he was almost like a class clown for us where we would be like hey silker do this or, or do that and he would be like yeah no problem guys you know so any any kind of shenanigans or any kind of prank or you know we didn't have to twist his arm too much like he really wanted to just live up to that class clown type of thing and um, you know, whether it was on the bus or at the at at, at our home rink, on the road, like it, it was just he, he just wanted to be the, the center of attention in a good way, you know, like in a funny way. Um, and then Corbs was like, as you know, like really good guy, like really committed to trying to get better at hockey. And, and he was one of those guys like he was a defenseman. So I probably spent a little more time with him. Like, you know, he always wanted to do stuff after practice and like. I, I think that was the thing that really stuck out about Corbs is, is just like, he always wanted to get better. He always asked questions. Um, he was a great teammate. Like Silker was a great teammate as well, but, and, and the two of those guys together, they kind of seem like opposites. And then, you know, like they, they kind of followed each other a little bit in their careers and they're good friends and all that stuff. And you're like, it doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense, but then when you get to know them, you're like, ah, oh, you know, I, I guess it, I guess it all checks out but they're yeah, really really good guys. Yeah, that's
0: that's awesome. Yeah, I love them both.
2: But I mean
0: moving into your NHL career, we got we got Vancouver we want to talk about so you get drafted by Vancouver and it's where you got your NHL start. So I want to know who did you get your first
2: NHL goal on and like how it went down. Yeah, so my first NHL goal came after 16 games. So and I had hit the post Like, I think I hit the post two or three times, um, which was starting to get old. And it was the last game of the regular season. We were playing Calgary, and I'm pretty sure um, the Calgary guys, like, both teams were missing the playoffs. And, you know, they were – the game was in Vancouver. I'm pretty sure a lot of those guys were out the night before, pushing the pace quite a bit. Um, So, anyways, I ended up getting my first goal on uh, Kari Ramo was the goalie. And it was just – like a a rush play we entered the zone we got a shot on net puck kind of got rebounded into the corner their defenseman um panicked and threw it up the wall and i was about the top of the circle's height i just picked it clean off the wall sent a, a a seeing eye wrister on net there was a little bit of a screen and i just heard the ping of the post um and then i the first thought in my head was like come on not again right and then sure enough the goal horn came on and people were cheering and I was like, Oh, okay, great. It went in finally. And so I had, you know, like I had the one knee in the air Sally that I had kind of done for, you know, not that I scored a ton of goals, but the, the ones I did score. And I kind of knew like, okay, when I score my first NHL goal, I'm going to go one knee in the air, just a little bit of a fist pump, nothing crazy. Um, and we ended up winning that game too, but it was the last game of the season. So it was a nice way to go into the summer.
0: Oh yeah, the confidence is high going into the gym. Yeah. In the summer there.
2: Um, yeah. So, what about playing with the Sedines? Like, how was that for you going in? Yeah, crazy, right? So, like, I got drafted at 18, and the very first training camp, I've told this story a couple times. You know how you do two on one drills, right? Like, they're they're pretty mindless. So, we're doing two on one drills. I'm taking a two on one, and then I realize, oh, it's Daniel and Henrik. Like, I'm I got a two on one with Daniel and Henrik, and. <laughs> listen, you're an 18 year old kid. Like I had arms, like spaghetti noodles. I was using this Reebok twig that was like two inches too tall for me. Um, And so I remember just trying to keep my stick in the middle and Henrik made this like beautiful saucer pass. You didn't even see it coming. You know how sometimes guys will dust the puck a little bit and then put it in position to sauce it. Mm -hmm. He didn't do any of that. Like it was just, it was right in the pocket, right where he would normally carry it. And he sauced it. he feathered it right over my stick. By the time, Like I realized that he'd released it. It was already getting ready to land on Daniel's stick and he just one-timed it. And it was the most beautiful thing. And that was kind of like a little bit of a, like a wow moment for me. Um, Just even, you know, being at an NHL training camp and seeing those guys in action. But like the best way um, I used to describe the way they play, they practice. It's like a, if you ever play a video game and there's like a glitch you know where where things just always go their way and they're always the puck always followed each other and it's not like they were yelling or talking much on the ice there was always like an understanding of of where the other one's going to be and they were so good this is such an underrated skill picking the puck clean off the wall and like getting it to the middle of the ice is such an underrated skill i see so many guys even in the nhl like they have a hard time it takes them like an extra half second to just get it off that The yellow dasher, they did it with such ease and a little bit had to do with like the paddles they used for blades. But I mean, that's the one thing. So you, you think you got a guy cornered because he's going to take a little extra time or he's going to fumble that puck with his back turns to turned out that like by the time you got there, he had gotten the puck off the wall and he's ready to dish it um so it was yeah it was really impressive to watch them in games and especially practices because that's where you just got to see like all their creativity and saw them you know try stuff that you know eventually they would do in a game
0: yeah that, that's so cool and I, I don't think so we we talk about do you know who zach dolpe is yeah yeah i'm I'm friends with zach dolpe okay yeah. so Dolph's he's a friend of the show a guest we've had on and he talks about like your times in vancouver wouldn't have lined up right
2: yeah yeah we played together yeah oh yeah okay
0: okay so well he talks about when he was a rookie um some of the like he they found out he had a good singing voice and next thing you know he ends up on stage at like some charity event singing with sarah mclaughlin and the other rookies and and the sadines kind of set that thing up and i was wondering if you had any funny rookie type stories where they made you do something funny like that like how he ended up on stage in front of a thousand people singing
2: yeah, and he said something. I think he he say He said, said I, I love you. you. Yeah, yeah we, he said, we made I it love into you a clip. Something. It
0: went viral actually. It was hilarious. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Dulps, he's he's such a good guy. And like he's a great guitarist, great singer, all that stuff. Um I think the the one thing that I did was we did this like, you know, you, like Russian roulette but with eggs, you know, so we would like we all had hairnets on and we were sitting on a stage, um, a bunch of the rookies and basically it was you grab an egg out of a carton and you put it on your head and hopefully it's not like hopefully it's hard boiled because it would just crack open and nothing would happen but if it wasn't there you go you got egg all over yourself um i think that's the only one that that that's sticks the weirdest out from, story
0: I've ever heard
2: <laughs> yeah it was like a gala or something like that and there were a bunch of people there and everyone was dressed up in suits and um, I don't know if you watched that show corner gas, but Brent it, yeah. Butt, like he was in the house, you know, oh. and, like I was a fan of the show and I got a picture with him that night too. So all that stuff was awesome. But yeah, it was like, I think it was me, Bo Horvat and someone else. Um, yeah. And we were all just sitting up there and it was like, Oh, grab an egg and hopefully, and then just go like that and see what, what happens. I, I don't, I don't remember much other than that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get the hard boiled one or no? I think I got a normal egg like i am pretty sure I was covered in egg yolk oh okay that's yeah. so that's pretty
0: funny that's, that's a unique one
2: though we haven't heard a story like that, yeah, and you did like you did more than one egg like i think i I think we finished a dozen between the three or four of us. I can't remember who else was there, okay
0: interesting yeah. well, so here's another funny story i'll I'll probably tee you up for it rather than tell myself, but so you get you get waved and you end up in Toronto and yeah the Gavin guys tell me the story where you, you end up in their office dumping
2: Canuck stuff. Can you, do you want to tell that story? <laughs> yeah. So I had, you know what, I had a bunch of stuff. Just you collected over the years, development camps and, and so many like people like, you know, you think about all the, all the, you know, your dad comes to all their games and drives you so many places you want to kind of get them some cool gitch, like as much as it's your journey and stuff like that. There's a lot of people that committed a lot of time and sacrifice along the way. Um and so, you know, I I just had I had a bunch of stuff and I kind of looked at it. I kept a lot of like the stuff that I knew I would wear. Like I still have a bunch of Canuck stuff. Like I have my hoodies. I have a you know a t-shirt, let's say from every year. Um, but you know, you you have a little bit of a surplus. And so I was like I'm probably not going to wear this stuff so I just wheeled up into the uh the offices there I talked to Justin Stu and Chris I was like here like kind of have at it there's some some shorts and t-shirts and um the boys were happy to get some Canucks gear. Yeah Justin told me
0: you like came in the office and you're screaming like, I'm a leaf, I'm a leaf, and you're just like making a rain Canucks. <laughs> like
2: <laughs> that might be a little exaggerated. That might be a little exaggerated. But yeah, I, I was um listen, I grew up a leaf fan, you know, so it was cool to to, you know, put the blue and white on. And I think that the craziest thing was like the first time I actually saw my leaf jersey, like it kind of just hits you, you're like well, that's not a like that's not just a fan jersey like I had when I was a kid. Like that's actually my jersey, you know, with and that's my number. Like hopefully I'll get to wear that in the game, which I eventually did. But yeah, it was pretty pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, I couldn't even imagine, but I mean, while we're on the the topic with the Gavin guys, I I wanted to ask you just I guess overall, what would you um like can you talk about the Gavin group quickly and the kinds of things they do for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, so I got introduced to them I think shortly after signing my entry level contract, so it was it was fairly early in the process, and um, it was great for me right away because I had and like even my family because we have no idea like you know all that is involved in you know earning earning potential planning for the future um, you know even like the day to day stuff um, and you know right away they made it really clear like they kind of road mapped out how things work and. Um, how we can maximize certain things financially, personally. Um, And so like right away, it was like a no brainer. It was the quickest and easiest decision we ever made. Like I think before we even left the office, my dad and I looked at each other like, no, like we're in, like, you know, we don't need to go home and think about it. Like we're, we're for sure in. And so I've been with them ever since. And um, you know, even something that seems as simple as like disability insurance every year, Right. Like they would always find a way to get us a good premium and something that makes sense. And then, you know, on the investment side of things, you know, I've been very lucky over my career to earn, you know, like good money. And so they've been making sure the investments grow year after year and and we're, you know, invested in things that make sense. And so you you never feel like you're, you're doing it alone. You never feel like you're out of your depth. Or, or anything is at risk, you, you, you feel like I felt anyways, I feel super comfortable um, the whole time being involved with them. And so I, I think that's part of it, too. It's like, you know, you just you feel comfortable. You, you don't it, it's just there's there's less stresses involved. Like there's enough stress when you when it comes to playing, like, especially for me, I was a guy like trying to establish myself in the NHL in and out of the lineup, like you know, there's, there's so much that way that you're kind of thinking about mentally. It's nice to have one thing and one big thing where it's like, you can kind of trust them and you know, they're always going to do right by you.
0: Yeah. Very well said. I love that. So, and the Gavin guys are going to love that too. So yeah.
2: Um, yeah. We... They'll
0: they'll owe us. They'll owe us for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, keeping it going with Toronto, I, I'm just curious, like I'm, I'm a Leafs fan myself. So what was it like for you? first okay first game as a may believe walking into the acc knowing you're playing that night like can you just talk about that whole kind of feeling in game
2: like i was always a nervous guy like i was an anxiety guy before games and and like just for some reason that night it didn't feel that way like there were times throughout my career where i'll be honest like i puked before games <laughs> you know like just something about that night just felt so um so different and so at ease and Um, I believe it was against Tampa and it was at home and it was I I, I look back now and people who came to the game sent me videos um, you know in warm up and I've, I've watched it not too long ago and I'm like why the hell am I skating so fast it's warm up you know but like it's just, you're not even thinking about anything. You can't wait to get out there. Like I, I had got claimed on waivers in October, early October, and I didn't make my debut until I believe it was December 15th. So like all that pent up energy and um, you know, it was just kind of just ready to go. And um, we had a ton of family in the stands, ton of friends, all that kind of stuff. Like I could see people down by the glass and warm up that I knew. And I think it, it was really cool. Cause like all the guys on that team kind of made that a pretty awesome night for me too. Like I think about like a guy like Dion, who's such a good leader, such a good guy. Like, I remember him just being like telling me before the game, like, Hey man, like this good for you. Congratulations. Like you're going to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. No one can ever take that from you." you, you know, like stuff like that. And I'm like, man, that makes it so special, you know? And so it um it just felt like the the culmination of of a lot of you know things going right over the course of your life or your career and and you know a lot of people's hard work and sacrifice just kind of coming together in in one night um you know in, in my hometown mhm and another big uh, cool thing
0: that no one can take away from you is you can watch a game in the alumni lounge there at at the oh, have right. you ever done that
2: Yeah, I did. I went to one this year, actually. Uh, My wife and I went down on a Saturday night. We got a room for the night, spent the night in the city, went to watch the game at the alumni box. The Leafs beat the Bruins. um, And it was awesome. Like they, that's like one thing the Leafs do better. I mean, I don't know about better, but they do it so good. And they're so classy is, is the alumni. Like they really make you feel like you're still a part of the organization and you know from all the events they do the golf outings the charity games the alumni box i mean you feel like you're really part of a community and you know i think it's a it's a tighter knit alumni group it's a big alumni group especially because of all the guys who still kind of live in this area and and made this home so i mean that's like that's top notch like they do such a good job with that mm-hmm. so cardsy and i had the
0: privilege privilege of spending one game in the alumni box there and And we go in with, there's a couple like legends that we're looking up to there. And, and Stu Gavin took us in there and stuff. So that night they're serving Harbor 60 steaks there at the buffet. And, and so me and Cardi, I have the first one, whatever. There's, there's like a mountain of them in the, in the tray. And, and they're like, the the Leafs guys are like, go on, have another one. Like, I'm like, all right, like I'm not going to say no. So I'm (laughs) going another steak. And then sure enough, there's still more left. Like we're in the third period. And they are like, you guys got to eat more like otherwise we're just gonna get rid of them we can't let these things go away so so these leafs legends are like force feeding me harbor 60 steaks in the alumni box i have no business being in there i got my drinks getting refilled every time i put my cup down it was
2: like <laughs> what a treat that was so i mean yeah to, for you to get to be there like that's that's awesome man. it's that's wicked hey isn't that so like the older guys just love seeing like the young guys just pound food hey okay? like they're like no you get could- you you young kids, you guys will burn it off. You guys eat it, eh? Yeah, I, I ended up with
0: three steaks in third period. Like, I was, I was dying. Yeah,
2: it's like you're amusing. It's like you're amusing them. Like, how many steaks you think this kid can eat?
0: Yeah, exactly. they're, they're laughing, like, just seeing yeah. what I can do for them. But uh, one thing I wanted to ask, too, um, I don't know if you have any any stories or answers, but what was Babcock like to you?
2: Oh, Yeah. I mean, listen, there's no secret. Like I didn't play for the first two months of my tenure there. And like, he he was kind of one of those guys where he liked to let it be known how much power he had. Right. So if he didn't necessarily think you fit into his plans or, you know, just, he just, he, he always had a player over the course of his career on every team where he just made a point to be like, that's not my guy. And he, not gonna play and and I was that guy in Toronto and I'm cool with that I'll I'll be honest with you like I know my limit I knew what my limitations were as a player like I was never gonna be a you know a stud kind of defenseman in that league but at the same time we probably could have just cut ties earlier than we did right like it it didn't need to drag on as long as it did Um, but yeah like nowadays like I would have no time for him like I just think he's 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 shown his true colors and, you know, he's essentially just a a bully, um, for, for lack of a better term. And so, um, you know, that's his prerogative. Like that's how he operates and, and I'm sure he sleeps just fine at night, but, um, yeah, I mean, as far as like run-ins or encounters, there's, there's stuff that coaches tell you and you're like, okay, like, how much of this is you just trying to get a rise out of me? How much is, of this is you just trying to, you know, see what I'm all about, right? Like, there's a little bit of that uh, mind games, tactics, stuff that coaches will do. I always think, like, honesty is just the best policy. Like, if you feel a certain way, hey, just tell me, right? Like, I think that's that's the thing I, I really appreciate about playing for torts. Like, torts would tell you straight up. And, yeah, some, sometimes he didn't ease into it you know, so, but, but at least you could respect the fact that he's actually telling you how he feels instead of trying to mess with your head. Yeah.
0: And I think coaching is starting to shift that way. Maybe not necessarily in the NHL, but I know in juniors and stuff, like people are, you can still be a good coach without being a dick and like coaches who are now, you know, becoming friendly with the players and, it, that, I think that's kind of the way the game's going.
2: Let me let me ask you this. Like, okay, so I, I agree with that. Like, I think there's a lot of young coaches now who want to be a little more approachable. They want to be a little more personable, right? But so if if a coach is like that, and then he has reason to just like blow a gasket and lose it on you, don't you think that kind of resonates a little bit more too because you're like whoa I, I don't see this a lot from him you know like he must be pretty upset like it kind of catches you a little more whereas if a guy's just nuts all the time or trying to play mind games with you like guys will just tune that out like I don't know guys the, the, the modern day athlete will be like yeah this is not for me like call you you can you're just gonna call your agent and be like yeah this, this guy's not for me Can you get me somewhere else thanks like yeah just it you, seems like right about that it's yeah. It seems like just be direct, be honest. Hey, if you got to be a bit of a, a bit of a prick, then that's fair, right? Like you got to tell it the way it is. And sometimes that's a tough pill to swallow as players. Sometimes we take it personally, but be honest, be upfront.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're right. And and I do think it's going that way. So yeah. And, and one more kind of Leafs question and we can, we can keep it moving, but you got some time with Austin Matthews there. So like, how was Austin Matthews when you were there?
2: Yeah, like, listen, he came in as like a man child, right? He was an 18 year old and he was like, he was a moose already. Um, I've told this story elsewhere, like we were in training camp and we do split groups, right? And so I think I was in the other group, not the Matthews group for for most of training camp. I think Marner was in my group. At some point, we make like this crossover transition, right? Where we kind of mix the D pairs go with the other group, let's say. And we're just doing a little power play practice and I don't play like, I'm not a power play guy, but I guess in preseason I played some reps on the power play just because of personnel and stuff like that. And so he kind of sends this saucer pass cross ice to me from half wall to half wall. And it just a little like bounces over my stick just a little bit. Right. And he kind of skated over and and goes, Hey man, that's my bad. I got to put that on your tape. I was like, no, 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 man. That was, a, that was a pretty sick pass. Like, I'm pretty sure I got to just take that pass. Right. Like, but you could just see, like, right away how how dialed in he was, and you know, how seriously he kind of takes his craft, right? And, um, like, I was there the night that he scored his first four goals in the league. Like, I was down below uh, doing my workout as I was a healthy scratch, like I usually was. And... Like we we were in shock. like we couldn't believe it, right? Because like we've never seen anything like this. and you know, if you've ever been a healthy scratch down below in a hockey arena, like you can tell when someone scores. like you just know, you know the feeling, and we would be like, oh, someone scored, and there's no goal horn, so it's definitely us. And who is it? And then it was like, oh, it's Austin. And the first time it was like, oh man, amazing, Good for him. And the second time you're like, he did it again. Like what a great story. And then once it got to the third one, you're like, this is out of control. Like this guy is unbelievable. Um, And he was like that. Like he improved so much, you know, from the first day of training camp all throughout that season where he, he turned into a, he started, you know, looking like a guy who you're like, this guy's going to be good. And then by the end of the season, you're like, no, this guy is already a star in the league, which was so impressive.
0: Yeah, no, I still remember that game. It was so cool, and uh, and then even moving into into Pittsburgh. So Cardi is a well, he's drafted by San Jose, so he's now a San Jose fan. But he was a Pittsburgh fan because his grandfather played for the Penguins, actually. So, um, how was your time in Pittsburgh and
2: playing with Sidney Crosby? Yeah, it was cool. Like I wasn't there that much. I, only, I think I only played seven games with the Pens, but I was there like prior to. Um, tearing my ACL. I had been there for about two or three months, same kind of thing. Like just wasn't getting in the lineup. It was a healthy scratch, all that kind of stuff. And um, like, here's, here's a story about Sid. Like there was a day off that was a, a day off for everyone, except for the guys that haven't been playing. So I was at the arena, maybe a couple other guys. And so we're going into the weight room just to warm up, roll out all that stuff. And there's Sid, like he's got like two plates on the, on the, on the bar, and he's doing like split squats and we're like, Oh, I didn't even know anyone else was here. Right. But there's, you know, there he is, you know, putting in a big leg workout and no one told him he had to, but that's just the kind of guy like that's, that's how he operates. And, you know, like even I've seen some star players where they practice, they're on the ice for 30, 35 minutes. They're the first guys off, they're showered, they're gone. And like, Hey, that's all good. But Sid will grab you. Like he'll grab a guy like me, let's say, and be like, I need you to pass to me from here to here. And I'm, I need to work on this. Can you do that for me? I'm like, uh, yeah, I'll pretty much, <laughs> I'll pass to you wherever you want, man. Like uh, I think that's pretty cool. And so, you know, he would always want to do stuff with guys after practice. And and I just think like he's so hardworking and, if you're a player on that team, you just have to fall in line. Like, you know, he, he sets the tone in that regard. Um, And so like, there's just no room for anyone to not be that way. If the best player in the world, one of the best players in the world, and he's the captain of your team, he's the best player on the team. If he's doing that, like you just, there's no room for you not to. So he does a good job for that with that. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. So like we kind of been talking about you, you were an up and down guy and you spent some time in the minors. So I'm just curious, do you have any stories where you're like, wow, like this would never happen in the show or like, I'm definitely, I'm definitely down right now. Like anything like that?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. So my first year, my first year, we were in Utica, upstate New York, and we had to go play games in Abbotsford, which is in BC. You can imagine the logistical nightmare as far as getting there goes. So basically we would all drive to the arena in utica we would take a bus to the airport in syracuse about an hour away fly from syracuse to toronto and then have a layover fly from toronto to vancouver and then bus from vancouver to abbotsford you still with me yeah okay so (laughs) we get to the airport in syracuse and i guess like because we were a brand new team like we had never done this before we get to the airport in Syracuse and we have all our bags, all our trunks, everything. And they look at us and they're like, yeah, that's great. We are not equipped with enough staff to get all that on these flights and get you guys out in time because we didn't know. We just thought you kind of show up, right? So anyways, it took, it took a while for them to get things sorted out, but we couldn't get that flight. Like we couldn't get that route that I just told you. So half the guys had to fly through Chicago, have a layover there, and then arrive in Vancouver. Then half the guys went through Toronto and we were literally sitting there checking bags ourselves, like one at a time, like for, I don't know, man, it it must've taken at least an hour and a half to get everything checked in because we had never done it before. And so if that's an NHL team, it's just like, you hop on the bird, it's a charter, you fly straight to Vancouver and, and away you go. Like we left, so we got to the arena in Utica at 4.40 in the morning. We didn't get into Abbotsford, BC until just before 10 p.m. Pacific time. So think about how long of a day that would be. Like that's almost, that, that's closing in on a 24-hour travel day. And like it's a 20-hour travel day. And that was just a disaster. And you're like, this is, if, if nothing else is the minors, this is the minors for sure yeah wow that that is a good one man and uh did they at least feed you okay on that trip yeah yeah for sure i mean listen we had our per diem and all that stuff but i also had one speaking of per diem there was one time i guess they over this wasn't with utica i can't remember what team this was with but they overpaid us per diem And uh, we were all at dinner. We saw our per diem. We're like, oh, this is pretty good. They gave us a little extra this time. So a bunch of us went to like a, you know, upscale steakhouse. And um, we got a text halfway through dinner. Hey, guys, we gave you too much per diem. We're going to need to collect it back tomorrow. (laughs) And all the guys are sitting at dinner laughing like, dude, there's no chance. Right. But sure enough, like there our guy was like looking for the extra 25 thirty dollars that he gave us we're like <laughs> dude like it's it, it's spent like just take it out of the next trip you know what i mean like it, it's all it's all good right anyways no we had to we had to go to the atm everyone had to find a way to pay that per diem back that was bonkers
0: oh man that's so funny i'm, I'm just writing that down because that's got to be a, a clip um <laughs> that, that, that is funny man and so um even just quickly like i want to quickly touch on sweden before we kind of get into some some more fun type of stuff but what was it like you played for moto so yeah what was like your first taste playing in europe and how was that and and cardsy in the ohl um canceled season played in sweden so i was hoping he'd be here to talk about that with oh, you, okay so I, I can't really relate, yeah but
2: how was well it? we'll have to ask him you'll have to ask him about the food because i thought the food in sweden was incredible like the cuisine there was so good and they do like no food is ever dry. You don't need anything dry. Like everything has a sauce on it and the sauce is like buttery and creamy and it's like, it's delicious. The co- I'm a big coffee guy and the coffee there is strong. So I really like that. Um, as far as playing goes, like they play with one speed, man. Like they are go, go, go kind of hockey. And like, there's a ton of puck pursuit and they're always kind of in your face. And um, like I, the way I explained it to people as a defenseman is like, there's no freebies like there's no free play you know like there's always a guy on you they're all these kind of like water bug kind of players uh which always made for you know hard nights um and then you know playing in moto was wicked like we had a unbelievable arena it it might be one of the best arenas in sweden um and you know just even like in that town like they live and breathe hockey like you can tell like there's something in the water there that just produces unbelievable hockey players and you can see it every morning because they have Um, all the youth, the minor hockey players, the junior guys, it's like a, it's such a hockey factory, man. Like it it was really cool to see it's such a well-oiled machine in, in that regard. Like our team was a bit of a disaster. Like we, we didn't even make the playoffs and they've, they've been relegated and they haven't been able to get back up. Although this year they have a good chance. So that hasn't necessarily been a well-oiled machine recently. But I mean, when you think of some of the names, like the twins, Naslin, Forsberg, Victor Hedman, Linus Allmark, uh, Victor Olafson, like the list of unbelievable players that, that came from there. Just it, it's so long. Um, and they're all unbelievable. So it was it was really cool. It was really eye-opening to see a city like that where hockey's just literally the the main event and and the main attraction and, and it's kind of what everyone just kind of lives and breathes there.
0: Yeah, I mean for for those who don't know about European hockey and stuff like Moto's a name that most people know in Sweden. So yeah. like yeah there yeah. you there you have it even over here. So that that's super cool. It must have been awesome and you get to be that like celebrity again,
2: like you're still living it in the show and well, it was interesting though, because they kinda let you be. Like we had uh we had our names on our cars, name and number on our cars. So like everywhere I went in the city, there it was, it was number five, Frank Corrado. And you, you'd be surprised at how little people actually would come up to you. And maybe they just didn't like us. But, you know, we would kind of, you know, all the imports, we would roll around, go to restaurants and and go around the town. It's like people just kind of let you do your thing. And I, I thought that was interesting, too.
0: That That's crazy
2: about the car thing. Did you see this thing and you're like, take it off? Like, how do you react to that? all of all all the imports like anyone who had a car deal with the team had their name and number on the car so anywhere like you could see where the boys were you know like you kind of roll around town and you're like oh what's going on over here you fire a text like i see the car what's going on that's (laughs) wild yeah okay Um, wow
0: um. All right. So we got a couple of fun things to kind of wrap it up here. We'll. We'll. We got some personality questions to start with. Get to know you a little bit more. So, how would your teammates
2: describe you? Um. Probably like high strung. Okay. Yeah. You think that's like a a good thing? No, I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. I just think like if you're a guy that's puking before games <laughs> and you're nervous and anxious and you're doing. 30 minute warm up for a practice like they probably your teammates just probably think you got to relax a little bit
0: yeah that's fair (laughs) enough were were you nervous for ahl games or just for show games
2: i i think it it got to the point where like as the injuries piled up i would get more and more nervous because i was like man i just hope i get out of this one feeling good you know yeah do you have any like lingering things now not too bad like now I'm just kind of like a one of those peloton guys like I'm just ripping the peloton a few times a week I do some like curls and all the stuff that now it's like I'll grab a 45 pound dumbbell and I'll do a whole workout with that because it's like I don't have to put a bar on my back anymore like I don't have to deadlift 315 pounds or whatever you know so it's like it's a little refreshing to just kind of do things that just make you feel pretty good
0: Mm, fair enough uh interesting when we get some weird
2: answers sometimes sometimes we don't but how do you eat a cupcake um I kind of like to work it around like I, I I I like to Some okay here's the way I am like I'm like in a box like I like to be structured organized and I like to do things the same every single time so it's not like I'm eating a cupcake and it's a wild card thing it's like I try and get a little bit of the bottom little bit of the top like it's a very balanced approach if that makes sense Okay, and you said you work it around so are you like taking a bite and rotating until you're like Yeah, placed? like I'll do a ro yeah, I'll do like a rotating thing.
0: Okay. And then yeah. just just kind of like flooding the ice, just attack it perimeter until you get
2: to the middle there. Pretty much. Yeah, and then you're kind of left with the bottom and then it's just like, you know, two three bites down she goes. Okay. There we go. Yeah. So very organized
0: and planned. That's that's very logical. Um now if you were stranded on an island with three other people from a list of everyone you've ever played
2: with who would you want them to be and why oh okay that's a good one I would I would want Dion Phaneuf there 100% I would want Dion because he's the best guy he's hilarious um good leader all that kind of stuff so Dion's got to be there um who else who else would I want there Like who? Oh, my buddy. Like I got, I got to have my main man, Josh Lebo. We were, we were roommates in Sudbury and junior. Uh, We got along great. Still keep in touch to this day. Like that's, that's my guy, but I got to have Josh there. Um, And then if there's one more guy that I played with, Hey, that's a good one. Oh, guy played in in Sweden with Brendan Mickelson. He played in the NHL. He played for uh, he played for Anaheim and Calgary and Tampa. We hit it off in Sweden um, and he's just like, he's the, you think I'm like, I'm not that organized and detailed compared to him. Like this guy is so dialed in, in every aspect of life. I think he's actually working in the financial, um, sector now. So yeah, those, those would be my three guys.
0: Okay. Very good. And now we'll yeah. get into some, uh, this or that question. So I'm just going to list things, two options and you just pick your one. And we move to the next, just rip, rip through these. So, yeah. uh, shoot first or pass first. Mm, shoot first black tape or white tape
2: black tape
0: sydney crosby or the sadines
2: Ooh, sid
0: okay uh ray ferraro or darren dreger oh that's, that's a tough
2: one. <laughs> oh. oh man that is a tough one i mean i work like i don't work with ray anymore like because ray is doing espn now but and I work with Dregs, so it, it's got to be Dregs. That's my coworker. <laughs> okay, there we go. Dregs. Yeah. And hey,
0: Dregs is a former guest of our podcast too, so we support that in Okay,
2: shout out to Dregs. I talk to Dregs when I need, uh, you know, scoops or stuff like that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, ice cream or
0: milkshake?
2: Ice cream. Candy or chocolate?
0: Chocolate yeah and last one yeah. breakfast for dinner or dinner for breakfast breakfast for dinner all day okay i'm with you on that yeah. one all right sweet so now all we have left we have some fan questions for you and then we can let you go and i guess actually all right. you want to tell the listeners what you got going on tonight i we haven't even said it
2: oh yeah sure that yeah tonight uh, we got the chl top prospects game on tsn connor bedard will be playing um games out in vancouver the thing that i'm kind of like most interested in Is this Bedard has dominated the WHL as at an early age as a 15-year-old, 16-year-old, now as a 17-year-old. He dominated the world juniors as a 17-year-old tournament that's designed for 19 and 20 year olds. What kind of performance is this guy gonna put together tonight against only draft eligibles, only 17-year-olds? Like I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing that.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to tune in too. are, do you have the call on, on the
2: radio? Or
0: are you, what, what are you doing for it exactly? Sorry. I'll be doing
2: the panel. So I'll be doing okay. the pregame. Our pregame show kicks off at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. And then we'll do a half-hour pregame show. And then we'll be doing intermissions. So I'll okay. be on uh, on TV. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to check it out. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll be cheering for you. Um, don't get too nervous before, though. Eh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I actually get more nervous. I don't know if I get more nervous now. I feel like I've, I've had enough of these reps. I don't feel too nervous. Yeah. Um,
0: anyway, so okay, couple couple fan questions here. So, I mean, you've had some some pretty big name coaches through your career. So, do you have any funny coach stories?
2: Ooh, funny coach stories. Yeah, I mean, yes, for sure. Um, I'm just trying to think of the guys. I'll, I'll tell you a good Torx one. So it, it, I don't know if it was one of those things where you just had to be there or not. But anyways, I was 20 years old. It was my, my third NHL training camp. It was the, the year I was going to turn pro so I could be sent to the American League. And I had a pretty good camp, actually. And I scored a, a nice goal in my last preseason game. I had a goal and an assist. And the goal was against Henrik Lundqvist and all that kind of stuff. And I was doing a uh, post-game interview right after the game and the the reporter goes um you know how do you feel you feel about your chances i said you know what i don't know i felt like i kind of left it all out there and all that stuff and then the reporter goes well you know if we think you're you're probably making the team like that's you know all that you know he started saying that kind of stuff and i was like oh it's really nice of you that's cool thanks so interview finishes team services guy taps me on the shoulder he goes uh torts wants to see you in his office I go, oh okay and so i go into his office and i'm like oh this is weird so i before i can even sit down first thing torch says we're sending you to utica <laughs> 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 like 30 seconds ago some guy was like
0: Oh, you probably made two like oh,
2: no but he was great like he was like yeah you just got to go you got to play you know you're not going to stick around here be a healthy scratch be a seventh eighth defenseman he goes you know young defenseman should go down and play a ton and all that kind of stuff torch was great that way um but yeah so it's just kind of the way that transaction went down pretty funny
0: yeah, it is funny. But it's straight
2: up and honest, just like you said
0: earlier, so you can appreciate that for for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um who was the funniest person that you played with?
2: Funniest guy I played with. Like Leo Komarov was was uh pretty funny. Uh Dion Fanuf was was really, really funny. Like I don't know. Something about Dion just cracked me up every single day. He he wasn't even trying to be funny a lot of the times, but it just it just made me crack up. Okay. Um, yeah. Do you have any good locker room prank stories or just prank stories in general? You know what? Like every once in a while, the old um, laces coming out of the bottom of your skate trick would, would be a good one. So you take someone's skates and you really, you relace them so that, you know, in order to tie them, that happens at the bottom of the skate. So guys don't notice until it's kind of too late, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I did that once. I did that once to Ben Sherrod. And the next day I found my equipment up on the Wolf that was, um, (laughs) at center ice in the Sudbury arena. And so I had to like, you know, fish it in back into the area where it, where it usually stays and then get all my gear down and then get back down to the dressing room and get dressed in time for practice. So I thought that was a pretty good one on, on both ends, but I I got the worst of that.
0: (laughs) That's, that's a great one. Actually, that's a good story. Um, yeah. How about two more for you Um, from uh, someone you may know? What are your thoughts on Friday Hills with Renzo?
2: Oh, the best, the best. Yeah, I mean, like you just show up and you're like, what does this diabolical man have planned for us? And he kind of just runs it down. And everything he says, your heart just sinks a little bit more. And you're like, no, no. And then he says the next thing, you're like, no. And then he's like, all right, boys, get to it. And it's a good, like, it, it's fun at the end of the day. It's a great workout, but it is such a grind. Um, and Renzo's the man. Who who sent that one in? Uh, Jordan Sandbrook sent that one in. Oh,
0: nice. Yeah, yeah he's a good dude. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. just to explain, I think for the listeners who don't know, I think it's you just, like, put a bunch of weights on your back and you're running hills. Is that what it is?
2: Pretty much, yeah. So he's got, like, a bunch of things. Like, you know, he's got, like, tell you to do a bunch of like crawls up the hill. So you do like forward crawls up the hill, backward crawls up the hill. And we're not talking like a mound. Like this is like a legitimate, like almost a ski hill, if you want to call it that, right? Um, and then he's got like sleds, he's got chains, he's got tires, he's got weight vests, he's got kettlebells. And basically you just got to do all these exercises with all these things up the hill and a certain amount of times. And like, that's like an hour, like it's an hour of, of hell basically.
0: Okay, wow. Must feel good coming out of that one, though. And then uh, It does, yeah. uh, Last fan question for you. Do you have any weird or like what's your weirdest fan interaction that you've ever had?
2: I was going through this phase where I didn't want to like bump too many high fives with fans and stuff because I'm like – I touch my face with my gloves a lot, and it's like I feel like the more high fives we do, the more that's – not that I'm a germaphobe. I don't know. Anyways. I would just reserve it for like mostly children, let's say, right? Cause kids, you can't really say no to them. And uh, we were at a fan event and a lady comes up to me, she goes, how come you don't give everyone high fives? I was like, well, that's interesting. I said, how did you even notice that? Yeah, I see you. you. You don't give everyone high fives. You're one of the only, you're the only guy that doesn't do it. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I said, I'll, I'll be honest with you. So I told her and she was like, okay, I, I can understand that. I can respect that. Yeah
0: okay yeah especially now yeah. post-covid i think that's very reasonable too dude this was like way pre-covid i was ahead yeah. of my time
2: yeah yeah <laughs> you
0: were you were a trendsetter um that's yeah. that's awesome well i mean that that's all we got for you i say we because i'm so used to having cards here that's all i got for you um, right. you did a great job you're not i think yeah 100 percent. all yeah, right great well, job i appreciate it i appreciate you giving our giving us and our listeners the time and uh, I'm excited to to catch you as uh on on TV tonight. I'll give it a watch and go Bedard and everybody. So yeah, thanks yeah, again buddy. for giving your time.
2: Thank you. I'll uh, come back on anytime.
0: All right. I want to thank Frankie Corrado for that one. Awesome to talk with him and uh, Toronto Maple Leafs legend. So as a as a Leafs fan, you gotta <laughs> love that. And uh, anyway, I mean cards you got. Like you were saying at the beginning of the episode here, you got the road trip over to your old stomping grounds in Saginaw. So. Um, are you excited to be back there? Like what what's up for the week ahead?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm really excited, man. Like, you know, it's been like it feels like it's been a whirlwind of three years, all kind of mixed into one with COVID and everything like that. So I mean I got traded and two and a half months later I'm in Barrie and COVID becomes a thing and really you you lose touch with a lot of the people that that means so much to you and, and you spend so much time with in Saginaw and my billets especially. So it's going to be an amazing time to just be able to go back kind of just see everything that I've missed for so long. And then, um, also, yeah, be able to go for my billets and uh, a few of the, our family friends now that we we've, we've had in Saginaw over the years and stuff. So to, to be able to just head back there, it'll, it'll definitely be, uh, something really cool. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and, and yeah, just being on the road also, uh, you can never complain about a good old road trip with the boys, um, on the bus, late nights on the road and stuff like that. So always good times there, play a little bit of cards, do a little bit of this and that. And, uh, yeah. Um, it's also a big weekend for us too, man. Like three games and three nights against three, like legitimate good Western conference teams too, that all have like great rosters and you're going to give us a good fight every night. So we're looking forward to it on, in that sense. And then for, for, yeah, for, for a few guys, I mean, Veerling's making his return to Flint as well. And then punter alongside me coming back to, uh, to SAG for the first time. So yeah, it feels like just yesterday I got traded. So now to go back, it's, it'll be exciting. I don't even know what to think yet.
0: So is it your first time back there?
1: yeah man like i I didn't know
0: it was now i realized but i didn't know that it was your first time back there
1: yeah because like legit COVID happened so no season um and then last year we only played uh the eastern conference because of COVID as well and then yeah so this is this is the first time i've played them twice since i've been traded but i've never been back to the dow okay wow you think you're gonna get a standing o (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if anybody even remembers me anymore. Maybe they'll remember the biggest goal in spirit history, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's been a while. So uh, maybe, but uh, I'm just looking forward to it. I always like, uh always liked playing there. So uh,
0: I, I'll tell drinks to get the video tribute going and we'll get something. Yeah. Yeah. Ready. She-
1: drinks a text i want to i want a johnny goudreau asked video uh uh what do you call it video tribute actually that reminds me too um what were your thoughts on all the on the video clips of goudreau's team boo and him you saw those
0: yeah did you see him miss the pe- the penalty shot oh yeah the rink erupted yeah like i mean the fan base hates him like for somewhat of, like like, it, it, for the fans, it feels good to see him, like, get get booed and miss. Like, you actually feel like you impacted the game probably there, you know? Like, it's one of those times, like, if there's no one booing there, he's not, probably not feeling as much pressure, and he, he definitely would hit the net, I would think. Like, they actually impacted that shot.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely think the boo's impacted, and it's just, like, you're going down, and you're like, okay, there's 19,000, 20,000 people in this building, and they all want to see me miss. Like that, that's just way more added pressure than you already need. Like a shootout's enough pressure as it is, and then to throw that on top of it, um, or a penalty shot rather. But, uh, yeah, that was an interesting one.
0: Yeah, it was, it was cool, man. But you know what? You, you always get up for a game like you, you go into Saginaw when you, when you have something more, like a little more mentally kind of going on to play for. So I think. I don't. I don't want to make my, I to make my prediction. I, I made my prediction in my head. I don't, I don't want to say it out loud because I don't want to curse it. But I think you're gonna have a good game.
1: Yeah, I hope so, man. I, yeah, I'm really amped up. So hopefully, hopefully, I get the booze. I didn't leave in free agency though. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, uh,
0: they're gonna be booing I get, I get
1: drinks. They're gonna be booing well,
0: drinks for trading you. He's gonna yes. get the booze.
1: <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, man. Oh, that's yeah. good stuff. But actually, next week I'll be able to. uh have some comments about uh, that and you got a big weekend coming up eight and 10 and I'm going to leave leaf game tonight. So we'll have a bunch to talk about next week along with the bachelor too, as long as
0: I get caught up. So mm-hmm.
1: I'm excited and looking forward to next week's episode now.
0: Yeah. So with that said snowy day here, you want to wrap it up with uh with an outro.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's uh yeah, it's definitely a blizzard. And uh, if
0: you're, if you're tuning in, in the
1: Thursday morning right now and watching this episode, uh, I'm sure the roads still aren't great. So be careful out there. Drive and get from point A to point B safe as possible. And uh, with that being said, I mean, I kind of hyped up next week's episode. So let's just roll on into that. and, And everyone have a great week.